Hey guys, this is Pete. Before we start the show, I just wanted to give a quick shameless plug for my debut novel entitled Frankenstein A Life Beyond. It's the first direct sequel to Mary Shelley's classic and follows Ernest Frankenstein, the sole survivor of the original book. Like mystery, adventure, romance, horror, then this is the ebook for you. Check it out today on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and my website, EnceladusLiterary.com. That's E N C E L A D U S Literary.com. Thanks. Now on with the show. Welcome to Hindsight is 2020, a show where we look at anything in this world and arrogantly say how we'd fix it. And I can prove it with my usual flawless logic. These two idiots. (laughs) We give our thoughts on movies and TV shows that should or should not have been. This summer... Witness yet another Spider-Man origin story, just so Sony can retain the rights to the character. With your host, Pete. Spider-Man! Spider-Man! Deacon Peter on a close wide body saves up Peter reading Spider-Man! Spider-Man! And Greg. Spider-Pig, Spider-Pig, does whatever a Spider-Pig does. Can he swing from a web? We can't. He's a pig. Look out. He is a spider pig. And we slowly and mercilessly beat our subject to death. Prepare for an epic superhero trilogy featuring Spider-Man 1, a story about Peter Parker struggling with his powers, breaking up with Mary Jane, and battling a supervillain who ultimately kills himself. Spider-Man 2, a story about Peter Parker struggling with his powers, breaking up with Mary Jane, and battling a supervillain who ultimately kills himself. And Spider-Man 3, a story about Peter Parker struggling with his powers, breaking up with Mary Jane, and battling a supervillain who ultimately kills himself. Wait, did they just make the same movie three times in a row? Some ceiling tiles that live in a yellow submarine. <laughs> and if you want trouble, you'll live in an octopus's garden. Or the submarine. <laughs> As you go to sleep. Alright, we're recording. How'd that happen? As it always happens, Ah. to gain idiocy. (laughs) Speaking of idiocy, let's have Eh? two guys who don't know anything about the comic history talk about what we're going to talk about. Oh boy, this should be good. (laughs) Oh wait, we just lost the audience. Ah. Uh, No, we are going to approach this from a different angle, and you come here for a different angle. And our angle is... I've never read a Spider-Man comic book. We know the movies. That's right. And one and, of us and, hasn't even and seen all the Japanese movies. Japanese Spider-Man, which I suggest anyone check out. Well, in the Spider-Man cartoon from the 90s, I remember that, with, with uh, Iceman as his friend. That's right, Iceman. And the 70s Spider-Man with the big, huge wristwatch, and the guy looked like he weighed 104 pounds. Yeah, thank you, Electric Company. You gave us that and Morgan Freeman. 
Well, no, this was the actual show, the television show. Maybe that guy came from there, but this was the actual, you know, in the wake of Incredible Hulk success. TV oh, show. gosh, yeah, I forgot there was an actual show, wasn't there? Where the That's guy, how much I know about the character. Where the guy looked like he was 39 years old and he was, you know, like young Peter a lot Parker. Of trouble climbing up the web. Oh, damn it. <laughs> young Peter Parker, you know, and uh, <laughs> it actually it looked like it looked like uh, Lance Guest, the guy from The Last Starfighter. But I don't think that it was him. But mm-hmm. uh, well, maybe. Uh, couldn't say. <laughs> and of course, the Spider-Man, Spider-Man. <laughs> this is from the '60s show. I didn't watch it, but now I know the song. Now we're talking about Spider-Man. <laughs> Spider-Man, or yes. Spi- or Spider-Man, as we Spider-Man. as it's been once to be called. <laughs> Spider-Man's in the news again. Spider-Man. Yay! More Spider-Man news coming on the heels of a sequel to The Amazing Spider-Man last year that was not very well received at all. That's because it was not good. Ah. (laughs) So, history. I've seen all five Spider-Man movies more than once. How about you? I've seen the first to Sam Raimi, Tobey Maguire's. I know the third one from Reputation. One. Yeah. <laughs> and, and podcast. <laughs> uh, I have not seen either of the new installments with Andrew Garfield. Um, again, just know the basic setup and kind of how they were respectively received. Right on. Well, that's what we're here for, is because the news was announced last week that finally there was a super-duper humongous deal made between Disney-slash-Marvel Studios and Sony Pictures to bring the Spider-Man character in the cinematic universe into the Marvel Cinematic Universe somehow. Without Feels like we need the drum guy from Spaceballs. Boom, boom, boom. Dun, 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 as we're, like, making that announcement. Or we could just get the drum guy from the outfield of the Indians to just... Oh, he works, too. (laughs) But the the big news is that uh, no money was exchanged. It looks like it was just a, this is good for you, this is good for us kind of thing. Because, yes, the Amazing Spider-Man reboot that that, uh, Sony was trying to rock their own universe pretty much flamed out and burnt to the ground and they realized they needed to do something so they are going to piggyback on the tremendous success that disney has had with marvel and where they have not had a bomb yet even their lesser movies from the marvel cinematic universe have been good and or well received and or at the very baseline profitable which is usually the key Mm. uh which that counts Iron Man 2, Incredible Hulk, uh, the second Thor movie. All these movies were not tremendously received out of all the cinematic universe, but they all made money and were vaguely well-received. You know, you could do a whole lot worse than those three. But Spider-Man was going into the Marvel Cinematic Universe before it started with 2008's Iron Man. Spider-Man was the... The King of Marvel. He is the oh, most. Yeah, back in uh, the early 2000s, I mean, that thing was a juggernaut of money. Yeah, but not even just from the movie. Uh, just from oh. the, I would say, the, the, the four biggest 
pre-Iron Man comic book characters that you go across the world and, and flash their insignias, you're going to get Superman, Batman, Spider-Man, and maybe Incredible Hulk. Uh, and that's from the TV show. So you, what you've got there is their most recognizable asset that they could not use. So that's why they took the B-level, C-level, D-level Iron Man and turned him into something, and now they've got a universe where they thought... Well, we don't really need Spider-Man here. So, <laughs> Do we really need Spider-Man? But what this all comes down to is the third Captain America movie coming out next year is called mm-hmm. Civil War. And it's based on a comic book run from about ten years ago called Civil War. Ooh, clever. clever. Okay. Where... It's uh, what we always talk about on this show. It's based on, from what I know about it, it's based on the idea of having consequences in your storytelling. <gasps> so if you have these superpowered beings, like just look at the first Avengers movie in 2012. If these were real, then who's going to pay for all that cleanup in New York? <laughs> Who, who's going who's gonna to pay for that? And who's going to be held accountable? Because, you know, if the uh, if if a police officer shoots somebody, well, they're going to be held accountable, and the city who pays for them has insurance or whatever is going to be held accountable. But if you have these superpowered beings that just exist on their own, they're not affiliated with anything. So that's that's why Shield fell apart. They realized they were going to become the cleanup crew for all the aftermath <laughs> of these things and so they were like, "Damn it, let's just get invaded by Hydra." <laughs> sure. <laughs> that's the real reason. But what Civil War boiled down to in the comics and it seems like that's what they're doing is that Captain America and Iron Man were on opposite sides where Captain America said, "No, I am not going to be uh, taken down by the man anymore, and Iron Man suddenly is switching over Tony Stark into, well, you know, we need to be held accountable, so let's have a government registration act where superheroes have to register who they are, what they do, what their powers are uh, with the government, and that causes a civil war. And Spider-Man is in the middle. He's kind of the character going back and forth between the two before he finally reveals himself as Peter Parker. So, when Marvel announced their Phase 3 movie block last year, they had Civil War on there, and they brought out the actor who's going to play Black Panther. And everybody thought, oh, well, all these rumors of Sony and Disney working together are probably not true. They're going to put Black Panther in place of Spider-Man for the movie. That's fine. Everybody moved on. But now, all of a sudden, you have this deal. And it happened real quick, so... And it happened on the, the heels of the Sony hacking m- m- fiasco. Yeah, Sony needed some good news. And it, it sounded like in those hacked emails that they were already <laughs> considering jumping off a cliff with, after their failure of trying to create a universe out of Spider-Man. Yeah, now you you saw the second, and particularly the second uh the Amazing Spider-Man episode and everything like that, and you said, oh, it's not a good movie. Am I correct in, I guess, uh, knowing, assuming that they were trying to 
like balloon this thing out so that you had all of these different rogues gallery of like Spider-Man universe bad guys that I guess he was going to have to run around and deal with in the upcoming movies. I mean, what was the plan as it potentially existed before that movie kind of tanked? See, that tone of voice that you just had with that question is probably somebody going to the executive who came up with the Spider-Man shared universe idea at Sony, Mm -hmm. and somebody walking in there asked, probably in that exact same tone, and probably said, (laughs) What are we doing here? (laughs) What exactly are you planning here? Uh, because it's universe building, it's more, it's it's cinematic universes that Marvel started, and now everybody's jumping on board with. And so Sony only had Spider-Man and its ancillary characters, which is basically its villains and a few other vague heroes. So yeah, last year's Amazing Spider-Man Two with Andrew Garfield was supposed to be this jumping-off point, and there were hints layered all throughout it at Oscorp that all the different villain were hinted at. So the Sinister Six was a based on a comic book from the early 70s where all the villains, all the bad guys got together and then Spider-Man was supposed to make a cameo and they were going to make a movie off of that. And then they introduced uh, one of the, I guess for a lesser word, the Catwoman of the Spider-Man universe known as Black Cat. They introduced her as a side character in Amazing Spider-Man 2. So it was supposed to be this origination movie that was going to spawn this whole Spider-Man spinoff universe where they were going to do something in this Spider-Man universe every year. And then somebody again asked in that same tone you just did, (laughs) really? (laughs) Do we need this? (laughs) So, and Venom was going to have his own movie. Somebody came in like Kyle and just went, really? (laughs) <laughs> and so that's where we we come now. So, again, from the understanding is no money has changed hands. Spider-Man can be used in a Marvel movie, and Sony will not get paid anything for that. Sony will then make another standalone Spider-Man movie. Disney will not get paid for that. However, the caveat is... It will be the same Spider-Man in both movies. It will be in the same cinematic universe. And Kevin Feige, the mastermind producer of all of these Marvel movies, is listed as a producer on the standalone Spider-Man movie. Okay. So it seems like this is a win-win for everybody where Disney didn't need it. Sony needed it desperately. Disney gives Sony the out to look okay while then getting their most popular character or previously most popular character back into the fold to use how they see fit. And most likely, Spider-Man Civil War is going to be... Or, uh, ugh, Captain America 3 Civil War is where Spider-Man is going to show up. Yes. That's where the Spider-Man's going to show up. Okay. And from there, it's probably going to run a lot like what the comic books is, is that he's the center of it. And now the questions are coming fast and furious. Is is this Peter Parker? Is he back in high school? Is he older? Oh, don't put him back in high school, please. Well, why would you say that? Because I feel like we've been beat over the head with it. It's like, okay, I get it. I, I always hear... Uh, again, from you know, people talking that this character is supposed to be kind of funny and uh, have his light moments, and 
um, be kind of winking, so to speak, at the camera, and you've seen little moments of that, I think, with the films that I've seen, at least, but it always is just like, oh, oh, I'm so destroyed by causing the death of Uncle Ben, and oh, now I did this thing, and oh, and it's just, I'm like, where's this, like, fun, light-hearted character that I hear about, and why do I have to keep seeing him go to high school, go to high school, go to high... It's just like, it's... We've done the origin story to death with this character to me. It's like, just move on to something different. And what would the something different be, given your limited knowledge of the character? Well, I I think they had him go into college in the second uh, Amazing Spider-Man movie, yes? Nope, they were just graduating high school. And oh. <laughs> 49-year-old Andrew Garfield was just graduating <laughs> high school. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, that's that's another part of the problem. It's just like, uh, if you want to make him young, and uh, again, not knowing the Civil War story or anything like this, it's easy for me to sit here and go, oh, here's what you do. But uh, if you want to make him young, fine. Just don't, I don't need to see Uncle Ben die again. I don't need to see him dealing with his angst about that again. I don't need to see where he gets bit with spiders or if he gets makes his own shooters or if he produces it genetically or what happens as far as the webbing goes it's like just the character is established let's just go yeah what needs to happen is the either in civil war or the standalone movie it needs to be handled like the opening credits to the 2008 edward norton the incredible hulk film because it's in a similar place because leading up to that movie you had five years prior you had the ang lee hulk where you dealt with the whole origin story. Plus you had people still fresh in the mind of the Bill Bixby Hulk TV show and all the subsequent movies. So you had the origin story done. So if you remember, I don't you didn't see Incredible Hulk, did you? Yeah, I've seen it. Okay. They dealt with the origin story in the opening credits and that uh-huh. was it and that's yeah. all you needed yeah. and that's all that you would need if you went back and you really felt the need to say this again it's like look everybody knows this just opening credits <laughs> oh look spider bites him oh no uncle ben's dead oh he made his spider-man suit oh he has a web slinger oh he's out there and he loves mary jane and go exactly just get get on with it <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is, is you don't want him high school age, but maybe still young, because yeah, the way they have young, I care. And, and thinking of this from a business standpoint, mm-hmm. as we are wont to do here on the midnight hour, <laughs> they're going to want to cast somebody young, because mm-hmm. in order to keep this money train going in perpetuity, you have fifty some year old Robert Downey Jr., you have mid thirties. Chris Evans, you have mid-30s Chris Hemsworth, you have late-40s Mark Ruffalo, you have early to mid-30s Scarlett Johansson, early mid-40s Jeremy Renner. They're going to have to refresh with some new blood. I've heard uh, this is Evans' last go-around as Captain America once they do the Civil War movie. Is that... Well, he's got he's contractually, I think, got one or two more, so he'll probably be in the Avengers 3 
Okay. Uh, most likely. But at okay. some point, they're going to have to refresh. And that follows along with the Marvel comics, as I understand them. And again, for anyone listening, I'm coming <laughs> with very little understanding outside of hearsay. But I've done enough piecing together of hearsay that I could speak vaguely intelligently on this. That the comic book characters are always refreshing and changing up. So, oh, yeah. Um, Thor right now is a girl, is a mm-hmm. is a woman. That's because the character of Thor, not to get too nerdy, but hey, we're here, so fuck it. Uh, <laughs> they even do handle it in the movies, but they don't handle it as well as they should, is that Thor is not the hero. The hammer is whoever is worthy enough to hold the hammer is, is worthy enough to have the power of Thor. And so if the... Chris Hemsworth character is no longer worthy, but somebody else becomes worthy of it, they can pick up the hammer and use it. And so right now it's a girl. And Captain America has been... uh, We've actually, in the movies, seen two of his replacements. So it could be anybody once Chris Evans is done, because Falcon eventually became Captain America, and the Winter Soldier eventually turns good, which I think, based on Captain America, the Winter Soldier movie, and the very end tag... That's probably where they're going because that whole having uh, Bucky, the Winter Soldier, go and see the Smithsonian thing at the very end. Like, oh, I used to be good. I guess I'll be Captain America soon. <laughs> hey, I know what I can do when I'm done being evil. <laughs> so, be good. <laughs> so once Chris Evans is done, they can transfer it to to Sebastian Stan, and he can be Captain America or whatever. But going back to Spider Man. He probably needs to be young, like early 20s at the earliest, so that he can last for 10 years playing this wiry, childlike character. Not childlike, that's a bad word, but uh, fun-loving character, so that he's not played by you know somebody who's starting a 401k, <laughs> by 47-year-old Chris O'Donnell who jumps into... <laughs> Why are you adopting this guy? <laughs> he's he's not a kid. He's a grandfather. So <laughs> I I I would love to see a young actor in the part. Uh, a somebody. I mean, hell, get somebody who's actually like eighteen, nineteen, twenty years old. The actor who shows that he's young, not Andrew Garfield, where eh, he's twenty seven, but. You can kind of squint and maybe think he's 18. I don't know. He, I mean, it's a severe Luke Perry problems going on there. Of No, you you are nowhere near eight, 16 years old. I'm sorry. So somebody young who can grow into the role. But, yeah, show the fun side. That's what I remember from the cartoon in the 90s is that he was he's just always doing these quips and jokes as he flies around the city always having fun and yes he will fight to the death as a hero but it's nowhere near the melodrama of the movies yeah good and i think part of that if you look at the climate i think part of the reason is that right when the spider-man movies were being made it was almost like they became the representation of the melodrama the country was feeling and it's almost like, well, Sam Raimi thought you can't really go ultra 
silly because he's protecting New York. And we all know what happened right around the time Spider-Man, the first movie, came out. Oh, yeah. yeah. So very, suddenly... Very different. Well, but wasn't... I mean, not, not to totally discount that, but uh, especially with the first one, wasn't that then... They were. They had already shot the whole thing before anything happened with nine eleven, right? Um, it was shooting. Oh, it was shooting. Okay. Right. Uh, the only thing is that there was an original trailer of Spider-Man capturing two, like some crooks in a helicopter, by putting webbing in between the twin towers. I knew there was something with the towers in there, but I thought that they had already like filmed all of that quite a while before. But you just, if you look at every one of the movies, has the exact same thing. Hell, even The Amazing Spider-Man has the exact same problem. I don't know about problem, but it just, from what I know, it's not that big a deal. But all five movies have had this big penultimate moment at the end where Spider-Man suddenly... The city of New York, in some way, shape, or form, with heavy dramatic music flowing, has got Spider-Man's back. And... He's not just a vigilante, he's our vigilante. Yeah, and in different ways. Like, the first movie was... And that's where I think they did a reshoot after 9-11 and did the first movie where hanging off the bridge and, hey, you you mess with one of us, you mess with all of us, man. We're New York. And it's like very, very rah-rah patriotic and I, I think they kind of usurped the fun-loving Spider-Man character just simply because of the time frame that it came out in. And that's, that's fair. But I mean, they, But the problem is they've done it with every one of them. Oh, yeah, we had the passing him out of the train car in the second one. Was there something in the third, Raimi, Spider-Man? The third one, as awful as it was, (laughs) it had this, like, horrible newscaster uh, play-by-play of the end fight sequence and battle and stuff. Oh, okay. And then The Amazing Spider-Man was 11 years after 9-11, and it still had this big, dramatic... All of the crane workers, yeah, yeah, the cranes. I heard about that. Are going to yeah. put, uh, you know, a series of cranes down Fifth Avenue so Spider-Man can shoot his webbing in between them in a big dramatic music. And the second one was, I'm in front of all the cops and they're all going to stop shooting because I'm here to talk on a blowhorn with the bad guy. And uh, it's like some weird blend with like the uh, late '70s, early '80s. Um, Superman movies or something like that in tone. Well, it, it's very much like a a, a, a product of its time, mm. almost. Like, you know, Spider-Man post-9-11, so it just kind of became the symbol of that, of New York and stuff. Yes, the Donner Superman movies were like, America's getting beaten up here, no trust in the government, and suddenly it was... Superman 2, where Superman's flying the American flag back on top of the White House and saying, I'll never leave you again, Mr. President, and American way, and rah, rah, and we're here, and we're back, and it was very Reagan-esque, so, yeah, I guess these movies do become a product of their time. I mean, shit, The Dark Knight is nothing but, uh, I gotta find these people, Lucius, no matter what it takes. Patriot Act be damned. So... I guess they're all product of our time, but why we're floating off into that tangent with, hey, fun-loving Spider-Man, let's bring him back. Yeah, let's bring him back. (laughs) Or we've never seen him before. Oh, come on, that Japanese one definitely has it. (laughs) He's a dirt bike racer by day, 
and then he dresses up in this uh, really interesting Spider-Man <laughs> concept outfit, and he can call forth like Voltron-esque robots and fly around in them. And then like the song lyrics are great because they're like asking questions like "Why can't you be happy?" and things like that. It's awesome. It is trippy as fuck. It's trippy. <laughs> it's, uh, it's the Mexican Santa Claus from uh, Best of the Worst. Uh, yeah, we need the, the funny Spider-Man. The other thing that's going on is this goes back to what we're talking about with the Marvel characters can be different people. Mm-hmm. Now, somewhere along the line, in the last five or six years in the comic books, with all the multiple universes and endless storytelling, Peter Parker either died or went away or something. You went fishing. And the new person to take over the mantle of Spider-Man was Miles Morales, a mixed ethnic Latino kid who took over the mantle and became Spider-Man for a while, and it wasn't Peter Parker. And there's all this talk of, wouldn't it be cool if Sony said, let's make Miles Morales the new Peter Parker and let's uh, diversify this this cinematic universe that has gotten extraordinarily white and extraordinarily male. Mm-hmm. Be- and there's a reason for that, too, because all the characters we're seeing up on screen are all based on late 40s and early 60s comic properties yes why aren't there black superheroes because all the superheroes we're seeing were made in the 50s and (laughs) 60s when it did that wasn't possible but you know we're getting wonder woman movie we're getting captain marvel so there's your female-led superheroes and then black panther is is uh ready to roll for the cameras with chadwick boseman and there's an african-american character but you know, Latino character, so why not? And there's pros, there's cons. I mean, Sony, obviously, and Marvel have to look at the bottom line, and right now the bottom line is you've got to reintroduce Spider-Man. Do one, you? <laughs> well, one way or another, this is not Andrew Garfield. It's not Tobey Maguire. He's got to be reintroduced. How do you do that? I don't know. I'm fine with the tact that they took with the... Uh... Switching out uh, Don Cheadle and the roadie thing. Yeah, it's uh, me. Deal Iron with Man it. too. Yeah, it's me. Deal with it. It's <laughs> yeah. Just put a line in there. Whatever. Yeah, but that's, <laughs> that's all a, you need. But that's a that's a minor switch with an actor, though. I don't know if you can really do that this close. Uh, I mean, I, you did. I Edward... almost think you could just go ahead and do it uh, for the Civil War movie, and then if uh, you want a more detailed explanation and you want to go back and do some kind of an origin story um, with Sony, it's like, hey, we've already got this character built in. We've introduced them. Now we just got to go back and kind of explain, you know, how he came to be in the backstory and this and the other thing. And you can have a literal passing of the torch, if you like. Um, again, not knowing what happened to the Peter Parker character, um, but between these two characters, if you like. So you can bring in 52-year-old Andrew Garfield and, um, yeah. 75-year-old Tobey Maguire. Can exactly. <laughs> and and you can you can play out what you need to play out and pass the torch to this new character that people are already familiar with from the Civil War movie. I'm, I'd be fine with that. All right, so put in your pitch then. So you work at Sony. 
Mm-hmm. Or you work at, uh, and you're like the the liaison here, saying, "All right, we're, we've done, we've done this deal with Disney, but what's in our best interest?" I'd say, well, the marketing is already done for us because of this other movie, and with Marvel's track record of success with these things, I think it's safe to say that Captain America three uh, is going to be a big hit. And a lot of people are going to see it. We'll have name recognition for this new version of Spider-Man. And we'll have piqued people's interest and have people asking questions, which should be a good thing uh, with storytelling. And because of all of those things, then when we get to turn around and do whatever it is that we're going to do with the Spider-Man character and everything, uh, we can fully kind of explore uh, this new version of the character. We can talk about what happened with Peter Parker and uh, go from there. So that would be my basic pitch is it's the work is half done for us. Would it be worth any sort of alienation that you might foresee? Because, you know, this stuff is this shit's going to be market research to the nth degree. Oh, I'm sure. So is there is it worth any potential blowback? Uh, the the thing that people are throwing around now is we can't change it because people in the general public know Spider-Man is Peter Parker. You, you go outside and you say, who's Superman? Clark Kent. Who's Batman? Bruce Wayne. Nine times out of ten, you're going to say, who's Spider-Man? Peter Parker. And then you say, who's Miles Morales? And they're going to say, who? So, yeah, but as you already pointed out, though... We've got a lot of aging actors in the cadre of existing players here for these different characters, and the there's certainly a well-worn path with rebooting these comic properties and having new characters step into the hero roles and everything. So they're going to have to go down this path at some point anyways. As far as I would be concerned, it's like, well, Sony's just beating them to the punch. No doubt, and I don't disagree with you. In fact, I would love to see how... This is logically set up without being written out as this is how it's going to go. But the logic tells me that you've got Civil War. The character of Spider-Man is central to that. The the press statement said he will appear in a Marvel movie prior to his own standalone movie in 2017. And when you do the math on what's scheduled coming up for Marvel, he's not going to be an Ant-Man. It's too late for him to be in Avengers 2. Mm Mm-hmm. And the only other movie that's on the docket uh, is Guardians of the Galaxy 2. And he's sure as shit not going to be in that. Uh, not going to be in that. Uh, and I think there's another one. But it's pretty much locked and loaded that if this is the character that the comic books were centered around, you can pretty much glean that he's going to be in Civil War. So I think it would be cool if you're following the comic book structure where it's it's just Spider-Man and he... The, he uh, you know, in the movie cinematic universe, there's been no reason that these guys would know he exists. So he can just kind of fly in under the radar in costume and everybody would be like, who the F is this? All right. And then at the end, when he unveils, he unveils himself during the whole, uh, you know, superhero registration act thing. Instead of the comic book where he takes it off and there's a big splash page where it's, my name is Peter Parker. Well, he can take it off. They take his mask off. My name is Miles Morales, and everybody's like, "Who?" And then cut to credits, and then 
come back 2017 to find out who the hell Miles Morales is. Exactly. And there's your tag, so you don't have to worry about it anymore. Exactly. It's uh, half the work is already done for us. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you have a whole unmasking anyways. You might as well be meta with it and say not only is he unmasking in the movie, he's unmasking for the movie audience. Yeah. And it's a new world. It's a new dawn. And it's, yeah. a, it's a new guy. And kind of like what the Incredible Hulk did to the Hulk movie, it was such a soft reboot. Because if you kind of closed your eyes and squinted a lot, <laughs> you could kind of see a connection between Ang Lee's Hulk and the Incredible Hulk. There was a very threadbare connection uh, that... I think Marvel wanted to do everything they could to distance themselves from the original Hulk movie with Eric Bana, but they still had little bits of connection there that, you know, like uh, he ended Hulk by being in the South American jungle working as a doctor. Where does he open up the Incredible Hulk? In Brazil. So you put the two and two together. So you could kind of do that with Civil War and the new standalone where, well, maybe Andrew Garfield exists out there somewhere, but we're in a different universe or something along those lines. So where you could say, yeah, he, Andrew Garfield, Peter Parker was Spider-Man at one point, but, um, but, but then again... Uh, aren't, aren't there like a bunch of different storylines where it's like he got kidnapped by aliens or, he, you know, this happened or uh, now he turned into Venom? I mean, aren't there a bunch of different kind of conflicting versions of the character out there already anyhow? Yeah, because there's a bunch of different universes. But so yeah. far, the cinematic universe has not dealt with any of that. So I just wonder, see, OK, we're, we're, we're a show where we like to just float off into what really should work practicality be damned but for a moment <laughs> practicality tells me this is going to be really hard <laughs> to fit in which, uh, which what we're advocating happen no no no. i'm saying if we take out whatever we're advocating and just look at the reality of what's going on the reality of what marvel and sony have to deal with in doing this deal mm -hmm. they got to work some serious screenwriting magic to make this happen because, A, you don't want to do an origin story again. No. We, we've, we've talked about that. You don't want to get bogged down with that. But at the same time, he can't have existed for a while. Because then where the F was Spider-Man during the attack on New York by the Chitauri and the Avengers... You would have thought he would have maybe shown up and helped. Now they could say, he "Oh, says, in that my zipper of, got stuck." Oh, in that corner of New York, uh, yeah, Spider-Man did help. Oh, oh, there you go. Here we go. Ready? Just came to me. Here's our screen. Here's here's <laughs> how they're going to rewrite gonna it. Digitally retcon him into the film, right? Here, nope. Here's how they're going to rewrite it. We saw that one section in New York where the Avengers were fighting. Mm -hmm. New York is a really big place, True. so. We're going to come back, and Miles Morales is going to be Spider-Man, and they're going to say, 
who the hell are you, kid? And how'd you get here? And he's going to do a Wayne's World flashback. And we're going to flash back to the Battle of New York and Avengers. And we're in a different borough of New York where they're seeing Manhattan getting destroyed off in the distance. And Peter Parker gears up and tells Aunt May, I'm going out to save the world of Spider-Man. And he gets killed. In the Battle of New York by a Chitari as he saves some innocent lives. One of the innocent lives he saves is Miles Morales. And Miles Morales gains the power of Spider-Man somehow. <laughs> and he becomes Peter Spider-Man. Parker bites him. <laughs> <laughs> don't bite me, you pansy. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know how you transfer the power since he got it from a spider bite before. Well, I don't know how he got the powers to begin with. I mean uh, I you just play, you just played the touch from the Transformers movie and suddenly he's he's got it. Spider-Man! Um, but, yeah, I guess that would be a logic hole there. But yeah, there'd be, there, there, there are ways to work around that, I'm sure. But that's, better, better than either of my last two suggestions. Well, there's the way I would pitch it, and that is a thought bubble, ladies and gentlemen, that just came to me now. So I would pitch it as, in far corner of New York, Peter Parker as Spider-Man was helping out, and he had stopped a few Chitauri, and in his dying moment as Peter Parker, he saved Miles Morales, and then Miles of somehow becomes Spider-Man later on down the line. Any and idea how he did become Spider-Man in the actual comics? I have no idea how Miles Morales... Oh, all right, I was going to say, there's probably an answer in the source material that all you would have to do is go back to that and be like, ah, and then... The only thing I know about uh, one of the the many different times that Peter Parker was gone or whatever is that um, he got in a coma, which is always a nice soap opera way of handling things, and Dr. Octopus... uh, Became Spider-Man? Yeah. Really? Like, Dr. Octopus's somebody out there who knows the comics is out there screaming, I know this! Yeah, I don't. Um, (laughs) I'm not screaming that. There was something like a mind transfer to where Dr. Octopus got transferred into the body of... Oh, Dr. Octopus was in a coma or something and got transferred into the body of Peter Parker and became Spider-Man. So Spider-Man was... That sounds very comic booky. Well, it was a comic book. Yeah. I was almost thinking, too, while you were talking, going back to what you were discussing about the Battle of New York and yada, yada, yada. Um, what if he got taken by the aliens during the battle, and then you could have him show back up as Venom later? Maybe. Here, I'll, I'll read from Wikipedia. Okay, lay it on me. What do we got? Miles Morales first appeared in Ultimate Fallout Number 4 in 2011 following the death of Peter Parker. A teenager of black Hispanic descent, Miles is the second Spider-Man in the ultimate Marvel continuity. How total are there if he's the second? Uh, Peter Parker, I would guess. Oh, okay. Well, I, I, that sounded like there was like five of them floating around or something. The, the character possesses powers similar to those of the original Spider-Man, which were derived from the bite of a, ge- a spider genetically engineered by Spider-Man's nemesis, not Norman Osborn, in an attempt to duplicate those abilities. Oh, okay, well there you go. Another spider bite. Uh, t- t- contrasting Miles with Peter Parker, 
Uh, right after acquiring his superhuman abilities from a spider bite at the home of his uncle. So apparently, there's all these spiders are all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> really got to watch when you're cleaning out the basement, guys. <laughs> <laughs> there are genetically mutated. There are spiders genetically mutated spiders everywhere in New York City. <laughs> Everyone's flying to the Bronx to get bitten by a spider so they can become a superhero. There you go. It's like Spider-Man overload. Well, we got the parody set up. Well. I'm looking for more details here, but they're... I figured they'd have something, like, more original than... Oh, yeah, he got bit by a spider, too. (laughs) Oh, here we go. After Oscorp scientist Dr. Marcus uses Parker's blood to recreate the Oz formula that created Spider-Man, the Prowler steals the formula, and in the process, one of the spiders created by Marcus crawls into the Prowler's duffel bag. Days later, the Prowler's nephew, grade schooler Miles Morales, is bitten by the spider during a visit to the uh, to his apartment. So there you go. Okay. Well, now we know. So you could very easily have Miles Morales involved, and hell, the Battle of New York crashes into Oscorp Tower. Which unleashes some of the spiders, which falls on Malice, or Miles Morales. That's a real easy way to do it, yeah. <laughs> so during the Battle of New York, Miles Morales gets bitten by a spider, and he becomes Spider-Man. And here we are. <laughs> <laughs> Problem solved. <laughs> I, pretty much, that's about as far as I can go, actually. I about hit a wall there, because I'm like, okay, well... I don't know where else to go because you can still do multiple things yeah. with Spider-Man later on. I mean, you can bring, like you said, bring Peter Parker back. I mean, it's not like it's never been done before. Hell. No, we we mentioned the soap opera nature of these things. You, you can bring them back. Well, it's the soap opera nature of the Marvel Cinematic Universe where no exactly. one dies. Well, yeah. What, there's only been two or three characters who have ever stayed dead. Well, I mean, in the comic books, yeah, it was Gwen Stacy and Uncle Ben, uh, and bef- before he was Winter Soldier, Bucky were like the mm-hmm. three characters that were always dead. But then they brought back uh, Bucky and became the Winter Soldier. And Gwen Stacy, I don't know if she's back or not, but brought her for the movies. And um, But yeah, I mean, the, the Marvel movies, just since Iron Man, no one dies. Odin and the original Thor, he's dead. No, he's not. He's sleeping. <laughs> I feel fine. <laughs> I just, no one dies in these movies. Pepper, yeah, sure. Let, Iron you... Man 3. No, Pepper, you're dead. No, oh, I didn't. Not. I didn't, yeah, I didn't buy that for a second. Well, Coulson, Coulson is dead. No, he's back. No, he's not. <laughs> he's got his own show. Dang it, he came back better than before. <laughs> That's right. We're, we're, we're like a, a starting pitcher in Major League Baseball and Marvel Cinematic Universe. You die, you come back better than ever before. That's right. You get a, you get your own show. Pretty much. You just get an upgrade with all these people that we just kind of mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> so Peter Parker will come back as Super Hulk Man Spider Person. Person. Yeah. With nine arms and legs. Nine? He'll yes. will get, get bit by 15 of these <laughs> Oscorp spiders <laughs> that are running 
money all over New York. <laughs> <laughs> and and then we'll have like a crossover with like fifty sci-fi and you just gotta run around New York fighting a ton of radioactive spiders that are taking over the city or something. But then what happens is he calls Superman in to help, and they fight against the giant spiders that John Peters always wanted Superman to fight. Oh, and my so gosh. It's fighting. too perfect. <laughs> now Superman and Spider-Man are fighting giant spiders. And Brainiac's controlling the spiders. <laughs> Excelsior! But suddenly, Doomsday shows up to fight Brainiac. Oh, but, man. <laughs> then the Infinity Gauntlet comes down, and it's handled by, uh, uh, oh, God. I was going to do a whole rant, and it stops immediately when I forget a character's name. <laughs> Forgeticus. Oh, God. Uh, Thanos. <laughs> Thanos shows up are. with his Infinity Gauntlet to fight Darkseid and Doomsday as they fight against Superman and Spider-Man. But then Iron Man shows up, but it's not really Iron Man. It's Rhodey who shows up, but it's Terrence Howard's Rhodey. He came back from the dead. <laughs> <laughs> and he and Don Cheadle are going to fight side by side against two different Spider-Man, Batman, Superman, Darkseid, and Thanos. Yeah, and the way that we're going, if we play all this comic stuff out to the nth degree, we might not be that far off by the end of this thing. <laughs> but then Hugh Jackman shows up as Wolverine again for some reason. For some reason, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then he just does a vamp out and everyone goes, hey, it's Hugh Jackman. Woo! And that's how it all ends. <laughs> <laughs> Because, I mean, you know, the X-Men movie did kind of usher in the modern age of the superhero film. So, sure, why not? Why not? <laughs> why not just have it? He just walks in chomping on a cigar. And then Michael Keaton takes off the mask like a piece of provolone cheese like he did in Batman Returns and says, this is Dark Knight Returns and I'm still Batman. It's almost too perfect. Or maybe it sounds like a bridge too far. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Val Kilmer, three too far? Oh. Val Kilmer shows up as Batman. No, I thought you were going to say the saint. He shows up at the saint. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to go with four different Batmen show up to help out. <laughs> I'm Batman. No, I'm Batman. Hey, Freeze, I'm Batman. I'm Batman. <laughs> Clooney shows up. You know what? I'm hey, not Batman. I'm, Batman. I'm, I'm leaving. I'm, I'm out of here. This is stupid. <laughs> you, you guys can stay here. I'm not doing this again. I love the old man. Now I'm going to leave. <laughs> <laughs> you just see Keaton. I'm Batman. And then Kilmer. I'm Batman. And then Clooney. I'm... Now nah, wait. No, I'm not. No. <laughs> I'm not, no. Sorry. You guys are on your own. <laughs> I wouldn't help anyways. I couldn't fight a four-year-old in those gigantic 50-pound uh, me. Now you got me guessing what Affleck's voice is going to sound like when he's in the role here. I'm Batman. <laughs> What the hell was that? <laughs> <laughs> He's going to do his Chucky voice from Goodwill Hunting. Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, how about pretty good, Will? I'm Batman. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think he's going to sound more like his Daredevil persona. That... Yeah, I agree with Kevin Smith, if we're getting off on that tangent, that he really mm. needs to use the technology aspect, kind of what they do on Arrow right now where he's got this, like, voice box that really 
does all the work for him. So he doesn't grumble, grunt, change his voice. He just talks in the voice box, kind of projects. And Well, and then at least if they show uh, scenes of him sitting alone somewhere, it won't seem so weird if he if that voice comes out of him. <clears throat> Dark Knight rises. <laughs> I want milk and a cookie. <laughs> Why are you talking like that? I always thought it was my inside voice. <laughs> So that's what that feels like. <laughs> God. Oh, let's never talk about that again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, we beat that horse dead. Um, well, here is the little bits of news that will end that uh, off the ticker coming in today. Is, uh, paper here hot off the presses. Oh, heavens, no. What do you got? Uh, the official Avengers 2 poster was released today, Avengers Age of Ultron, and it has 750 million characters on it. Yeah, it looked like that. Well, I guess all those Iron Man suits got rebuilt. Well, apparently so. <laughs> but uh, somebody did their little sleuthing on it and looked into the 50 million credits that are down there. Mm-hmm. And there's a credit for Haley Atwell, who plays Agent Carter from mm-hmm. the 40s and such. So we got to wonder if there's a flashback scene. Uh, Idris Elba is in there, who plays Heimdall and Thor. Okay. Uh, Stellan Skarsgård is back again as the uh, scientist, whatever, from Thor. Science? Um, pot, I said pie pants. <laughs> but there is a you know music by Brian Tyler who did uh, yep. Iron Man three, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. But it says additional music by Danny Elfman, mm. which okay. makes you wonder: is everything we just said for the last forty five minutes a waste of time? <laughs> because Danny Elfman did the scores for the Raimi Spider Man movies, where yes. there was an actual theme. That kind of went along with Superman, Batman, as far as like, oh, there's a hummable theme that you know is recognizable. And that was what Spider-Man had, the Raimi one. Does that mean that they're going to ignore Andrew Garfield and bring in some sort of uh, hint, nod to the theme from the Raimi universe when they show Spider-Man? So Black... It was just that interesting thing that came up at the last minute this afternoon before we started that somebody floated out there. Well, why is there... There's no other reason outside of doing something new that Danny Elfman's involved because his only Marvel involvement so far has been the first Raimi film creating the Spider-Man theme song. or theme. Well, and I mean, if you wanted to tie back to that... um set of movies and characters and everything uh, in a very simple, straightforward way, I, I would do it. Yeah, I mean, if you're especially bringing up what is the the link for pop culture and people to know uh, where they make an immediate connection. I mean, you can... Brian Singer tried to do it when he went, got the John Williams theme, so suddenly we have a connection to Christopher Reeve's Superman. So... And there was some nods in the Incredible Hulk music to uh, the Bill Bixby TV show music. So I wonder if this is their way of doing a nod to Raimi. And does that mean that that's the universe they're looking back on? Or 
just yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they keep and what they leave behind as far as any of these past uh, movie iterations go. Yeah, very very interesting. It also opens up that whole can of worms that we're not going to get into about multiple universes because Marvel is known for having multiple simultaneous parallel universes going on and makes you wonder was the Andrew Garfield universe just a different universe and Toby, I think you're free to spin it that way if you wanted to and Toby Maguire's Spider-Man Peter Parker was in the universe that we're dealing with here or is it just simply it's Spider-Man people know this music that's as far as we're going yeah. I'm sure that's in the cards as well so possibly that's all I got for the Spider-Man I think we can hang up the web slingers for now. Poor Peter Parker was pitiful. Couldn't have been any shyer. Mary Jane still wouldn't notice him, even if his hair was on fire. Don't forget to like us on Facebook. Episodes can be downloaded on iTunes or at EnceladusLiterary.com. Opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the individual hosts and may not reflect those of Enceladus Literary. Okay, but... Ah! The not really that amazing Spider-Man. Uh, at least Kirsten Dunst wasn't in it.